listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today we're going to be talking about this very important subject, how to prosper where you are planted. How to prosper where you are planted. As I said, without question, it's God's desire that every Christian increase steadily. Yeah. We know that. Godly people should increase steadily. One of my favorite things to read uh, in the New Living, my wife loves to read this as well. It's one of her favorite passages uh, in, in the New Living is Psalm 1, the first Psalm. Yeah. And um, I'm actually going to flip over there in Psalm 1 in the New Living and read it to you because this is proof. I mean, there's nothing clearer than this. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Listen to this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now look at verse three. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves will never wither and they'll prosper in all they do. So right there, you can see what happens when you're one of the righteous. God's desire, prosper in all you do. Your leaves never wither, bear fruit in every season. That's what we're talking about today. You know, you can prosper wherever you are. I, I honestly, this is my personal opinion. I believe that every Christian, wherever they're at, should make wherever they're at better. I agree with that. You know, and because of the blessing. The blessing makes things better. Yes, and always. So the anointing on the life, the anointing for the work, and the anointing that brings increase and prosperity. Um, how about the ark bringing uh, Obed-Edom's whole entire family, household? They, they just got blessed because of the presence. And so if and that presence is in us, wherever we go, things will begin to prosper. Not just for us, but for, every, for, every, for everybody around them. So we are like the New Testament Ark of the Covenant. Carrying it. Back then, the Holy Spirit could not dwell inside of any person because their bodies couldn't handle his presence. That's it. But now that we're saved, Jesus said, now that we're new wineskins, we can handle the new wine. Amen. Which makes us like the New Testament Ark of the Covenant. We're carrying his presence everywhere we go. So in the same way, 2 Samuel, Samuel chapter 6, that the ark was in his house, even though he was not uh, really a Jew. He lived in Gath. He was a Gittite. Amazing. And the Bible says because he guarded the anointing that was in his house, everything that he had increased. Everything. As we are the New Testament Ark of the Covenant, everywhere we, sh- everywhere we go, not only should we be increasing, but anybody connected to us should experience the increase of heaven on their lives. Overflow. Absolute everywhere overflow. Everywhere we go. And the nice thing about it, think about Jacob, right? Remember Jacob goes to work for his uncle Laban. And the Bible says, because Jacob is working for Laban, Laban, his whole household increased. His flocks increased. 
everything he had. And Jacob didn't mind pointing that out to his uncle. He was like, hey, I just want you to know, uh, now that I've done all this work for you and you've been so blessed, don't forget, let me get blessed because it's because of me that you've been increasing. His uncle still tried to cheat him. He said, well, here's what what we'll do. We'll split my flock up. Anything that is pure and spotless, I'll take. You know, and Jacob suggested this. He said, and then I'll take any of your spotted cattle, your striped, whatever, has blotches. He said, no problem. That sounds like a good plan. And then in the night, he takes all of the spotted, speckled, and striped and leaves a three days journey away from Jacob. Stole from him. And he said, go ahead and tend my flocks. Well, you know the story. He takes spotted, speckled, and striped wood and puts it by the drinking trough. And any of the pure cattle, the spotless cattle, livestock, that drank from that, when they had babies, they came out speckled, spotted, and striped. Yeah, because they're eating at the same spot. There's some intermingling going on there. No, it was supernatural. There were no speckled, spotted, and striped cattle. And so because they drank from that wood, or from the water where that wood was, the Bible says God made them give birth to only speckled, striped, and spotted livestock. And God, by his supernatural power, even though, now think about this. I must have missed that. Even though Jacob, even though Laban tried to steal from him, God said, you can't steal from my covenant child. I'm the source of increase. And all of those cattle that were born of spot, spotless bulls and goats and, and, and cows and everything else were born spotted for Jacob. And he just took them. He separated them. Now, listen to what he would do. Look at how smart he was. When he saw the stronger animals coming to drink, he'd put the sticks down. And the stronger ones would give birth to strong spotted. When he saw the weaker animals come, he'd take the sticks away. And the weaker ones would have spotless and they would be for his uncle. And God, by supernatural provision, would actually cause Jacob to increase, even in a place where they were trying to steal from him. That can be your story. My God. Has nothing to do with who your boss is. The has nothing to do with what the company you work for. protection of the Lord. It's the Holy Ghost. And it's God's plan for you to increase if you are pleasing unto him. If you're pleasing unto him. So here's the, here's the question. Is your life pleasing unto God? Because if it is, get ready for extreme increase. And so we want to cover some things today from the word of God that will uh, cause you to prosper. Wherever you are. Wherever you're at. Wherever you're planted. Wherever you are. And so one of the, we wanted to uh, begin, of course, one of the things that it's interesting to look at is the life of Joseph. We were talking about this, the life of Joseph. You know, his brothers sold him off into slavery, gets taken into the palace, still prospers, becomes the manager of Potiphar's house. Yeah, and, and his brothers hated him because of his righteousness. Yeah, you know and because mean? of his promise, his because, truth, of, because his of his covenant with fortitude, his father. That's it. And, and then so, the dream came. <laughs> and so then he says, Potiphar's like, take over my house. Everything's prospering. But because Potiphar had a tramp of a wife, had a whore living in the house. Oh. Trying to sleep around on him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, lo- I wish I could see. Because like, Joe's like, no, I don't want. He's trying to run out, literally. You know, it's like. When Paul, when I was a youth pastor, my, my young people come to me and say, Pastor Ted, I want to live pure till I get married, but man, it's so hard, man. It's so hard. It's like all this in our culture. You know, there's like temptation everywhere you look. I said, let me show you what Paul said. Flee youthful lust. Yeah. 
He's like, well, what, is, what does that mean? I said, if it's got to be practical, literally run out of the room. <laughs> I said, if you got to run, run. And they're like, you seriously want me to run out on that? I said, run. Joseph ran. Yeah. She grabbed his cloak and they stripped it off of him. Yeah. She had like proof. Yeah. Goes to jail. Still prospers in jail. Everywhere he went. I mean, you can't, you couldn't stop the man. Wherever Joseph was, he went to the top. Yeah. How? Why? Exactly. That's what we're going to cover today. Why could he prosper any place he was put? How does that work? By, by the way that you position and posture yourself. The way that you position and posture yourself in any organization, will do, your, your attitude determines your altitude. I saw that one time on one of those pictures that yeah, had the eagle. I wrote, I wrote it. I knew, I knew you did. And then You authored that. I did. I knew it. I, I put it under the anonymous section. So, <laughs> so the people can use it. it, public domain. You're it's, kind, man. Yeah, I, I'm trying to be. What, what would you say to somebody who, because I see this all the time, you know, you've got two types of Christians. You've got those that are always like, I want you to pray for me. My boss don't like me because I'm a Christian. My boss don't like me because I'm spirit-filled. Like most likely your boss doesn't like you because you're lazy, Ooh, show up late, oh. a jerk to others in your company. Most or, likely. Filled, or filled with a demon. Yeah. <laughs> most likely that's why you're not liked. Not because you're a Christian, not because you speak with tongues. I mean, there might be a couple of those where, you know, there is somebody really that has an antichrist spirit that really can't stand the spirit of Christ in you. Yeah. That does happen. Yeah. But 90% of the time, those types of people are usually lazy, jerks, mean, emotional roller coasters. You know, late for work, you know, super spiritual, trying to read their Aren't Bible. Aren't worth having around. It happens. And more of a, you know, more of a, um, a debt than a credit. Yeah. They're a liability, not an asset. So then you got the other type of Christian who is what we're talking about today. People that are productive, people that walk in the power of God, the love of God, the peace of God. Yeah. People that love others, work well with others. So we're going to deal with some of these things because wherever you're at, Christians should be at the top of the class, head of the corporation. Yep. They should be rising. You know what it makes me think of? When the king, book of, we're in the book of Daniel now, when the king called all of those young men, the best of the best from the region, bring them in, let's train Cream them. Cream of the crop. And with those young men came Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they came in and decided instead of taking all the king's meat and his wine and all that stuff, because they were, they were actually worried because he wasn't a godly king, they were a little worried that the meat may have been offered to idols before they ate it, which would have violated their Jewish law. So they said, we're not going to partake in that. We're just going to eat something that's pleasing to our God. Yep, and they had, they had spiritual help that helped guide them, too. And then what happened? After a short period of 10 days, they were better looking, looked stronger, stood head and shoulders above the rest. Now, this is the cream of the crop of the cream of the crop. Yeah. Right? And then the, the, guy, the manager said, all right, you can stay on that diet for, for all these years, three years. At the end of three years, everybody was brought before the king. Those four guys. Oh, yeah. He said, you're far beyond, yeah. far beyond yeah. any of my other people here that I've we've brought in the kingdom. So honoring God, notice that, honoring God and being loyal to him brings you promotion. 
it'll bring you promotion above your coworkers. That's it. And, and it's very scriptural. So if you lack wisdom, you can go to God. There's so many different benefits. You know what I mean? The, the, the glory of God is, 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 will be all over you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's how it was in the Old Testament. The glory came on them. Look, Jessica said, I'm a boss. It's true. Come on, go get it. She said, it's yeah, true. It. People come boss in late. Baby. They're boss, lazy. Boss baby. So let's jump into these. Number one, one of the things that keeps you at the top all the time, number one, write it in the comments, is being spirit-led. Spirit-led. If you just use that one advantage, I mean, that's a supernatural advantage. The Holy Spirit, and I've dealt with this before, is your teacher. The Bible says he teaches us all things. I can't stand, I don't know how you are, I can't stand hearing a Christian say, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm not good with that. I can't learn that. It's like, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, yeah. there's nothing you can't learn. That's right. Nothing you can't do. Yeah. Nothing you can't accomplish. I call that the lazy band-aid. Right. Oh, we can't do that lazy. Yeah. Can't do that lazy. Because it really becomes an excuse. And, it, and it's un, it goes against really the heartbeat of God because all things are possible. Exactly so right. So if all things are possible, I can't, shouldn't be in your vocabulary. Especially when it lines up with the purpose you've been called to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't want to take the scripture out of context. All things are possible. Like, I'll never be in the NBA. Let's just face it. Yeah. I'll never be in the NFL. I can go around, quote, and I can do all things through Christ all day long. I'll never be in the NBA. You'll never be on the PGA Tour? Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not there. I don't care how hard I work. I'm 38 years old. I can jump about this high off the ground. I could work and practice every day. I'll never be in the NBA. Actually, that's we, not a spirit of we've doubt. We've actually got pictures of you jumping a little well, higher. Well, a little that. higher. Actually, it looks, like looks like you're levitating sometimes. <laughs> but I don't care how hard I work. I don't care how hard I pray. I'll never be in the NBA. So understand God has a purpose for every believer. You got to stay in your purpose. But if it's in your purpose, yeah. you can do it. Get in your lane. As, I mean, you know, if you're somebody that's helping at a church in the volunteer position or on staff, you're helping, let's just say, for example, like, because I used to do it, media or something like that. No one should ever say if something's pertaining to media, well, I just don't know how to do that. I can't learn. I don't, I'm not good with it. I've actually heard Christians say, well, I'm just not good with computers. Well, get good. It's like, what do you think? The Holy Ghost can teach you all things except how to use a computer? You think the Holy Ghost doesn't know how to use a computer? Imagine the Holy Ghost in bodily form coming into your church and be like, I'd love to help your staff. I just don't know how to work a computer. I mean, people are like crazy. They believe God can open blind eyes, deaf ears, raise the dead, guide them into their future, but they can't teach them how to use a computer. It blows my mind. This, the Spirit leads us in all righteousness and, and truth, right? So, all truth. So if, it's, if, if the Spirit's going to lead us in those areas, how much more would the Spirit lead us in? It'll lead us in, in every aspect of our lives. We are called as Christians to keep in step with the Spirit. No question. And that's what the Bible says, First John. The Holy Spirit who teaches us all things. You have no need that the Bible says that any man should teach you. You have the Holy Spirit who teaches you all things. If, I mean, I promise you, every single thing that I've ever learned has been by the Holy Spirit and me studying to show myself approved. YouTube is your biggest friend as far as like learning how to do things. There are tutorials. You can learn how to be a terrorist on YouTube if you wanted to. <laughs> Literally. I mean, anything you want to be. This is a tutorial on how to be your best terrorist yet. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, they have like, they teach you how to make pipe bombs and car bombs. Just telling you. 
You can do anything. Um, <laughs> but, but it's true. Get this duct tape. You want this water bottle. Yeah, exactly. Empty out the water till this much. It's, just, it's, it's insane. And people are like, well, I just don't know how to do it. Right? I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. That's an excuse. It takes you out of your productivity. Let me tell you, people that will be promoted, the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 29, do you see a man that's diligent in his work? He'll stand before kings. He will not serve mere men. So that means somebody that's diligently pursuing their call, diligently pursuing what God's anointed them to do, you will rise and never stop rising as long as you're pleasing God with your life. True. If you are somebody who is not spirit-led, it's time to get, to get spirit-led. Brandon, one in there said, the state champ won't make it to the NBA. I won't make it. I'm just telling you, I'll never be in the NBA. But you've probably dealt with this and seen this, even, in, even maybe before you were pastoring. People that just like used excuses, even though they were saved, even though they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Think about this, right? People make fleshly decisions mm-hmm. and then they blame God for the outcome. Mm-hmm. The input was a fleshly input, but then they're expecting a spiritual output and then they blame God. And so a lot of Christians, God will speak to them, but they don't, it doesn't line up with their passion but it might be part of their purpose. And because it doesn't line up with their passion, they think that, you know, it, I shouldn't be doing that. And people take a carnal approach to, to promotion. Instead of letting God promote them, they try to do things to promote themselves, which actually works against the spirit. And so we're not to promote ourselves. We're, we're called to promote the Lord. We're, we're, everything we do, we should do as unto the Lord, the scriptures say not as unto our promotion. And so sometimes we'll take a carnal approach thinking that's not going to get me where I want to go. So I'm not going to do what the spirit tells me to do. And they get conflicted because they think that they're missing God. But no, sometimes God will take you the long route and not the direct route. Why? Because there's things to learn. There's protection involved. There is promotion involved. And so when we fail to obey God, how can we expect to be blessed by God? Exactly true. So, you know, as, as a pastor here, I have a, a large staff. We have over 240 volunteers. So we're always recruiting. We're always looking and we're always evaluating. We're always watching. And so we could tell who's spirit led and who's not spirit. If it goes against what we're doing here for the Lord, then it, is it really spirit led? <laughs> right. You know, God doesn't call the vision. God brings unity. And so we all have a role, we all have a responsibility, we all have a work, and we're, God calls us to do certain things, and that's why we should do everything that we do, we should do as under the Lord. Why? Because he's going to bring the promotion. Big doors swing on small hinges. It's those little things that open up the big things. And so people tend to forget that. They think, if I don't get the big, promo- if I don't get the big job or the big work or the front lobby, if I'm not at the front door, if I'm not on the platform, if I'm not in the pulpit... Then, then that's going against my purpose. No, sometimes God will put you in the parking lot before he puts you in the pulpit. And so people, they, they don't want to serve, they want to be served, and it goes against the spiritual realms of God. Jesus Christ didn't even come to be served. He came to serve and to seek and save those which were lost, to help them understand the principles of God. So, you know, being spirit-led is definitely the first step. We were talking about this in the car. It is definitely the first step to promotion. That's right. 
you know? So yep. God will even lead unbelievers in promotion, trying to get them closer to the Lord or get them around certain people. Because think about this, right? If the Lord brings promotion, he's going to have to bring people to where those people are to help them. Yeah. To get ministry. So sometimes God will put people in position just to have a relationship with somebody else that's in position. But God will definitely lift up his people. The Bible says that if we lift up the name of Jesus, it'll cause all men to come to us. So that's increase in promotion. I love the word that your father released in this house. For the next three months, release and um, increase. That comes from the Lord. That's right. Always comes from the Lord. I think you made that point a moment ago that people try to be self-promoters. Oh. And they, they won't do the small things that will actually bring them into promotion. Makes me think of the life of David when, although he had already been anointed as king, think about that. Samuel already anointed him as king of next king of Israel. He has to go straight back to the flock and watch the sheep as the next king. And then his father says to him, take some bread and cheese down to the captain of the guard. Give me a report on how your brothers are doing. <laughs> That's a small task. That's not fit for a king. Oh. David never argued. He just took the bread cheese and went out to the battlefield. But it was that small step of obedience that put him in position to hear Goliath's words, that put him in position to fight Goliath, win the greatest victory of his life to that point, win a victory for Israel, and literally position him to be the man he was going to be in the future. But if he had not obeyed that small command to transport bread and cheese to the battlefield, if he'd got all in pride, well, I'm bigger than that. I don't transport bread and cheese. I don't, nope. He'd have missed his assignment of Goliath. It's the small things. It's the small things. You know, I, I preached this one time because um, it really, it shook my spirit up to think about this. The Lord showed me this one time. He said, remember, David had been handling that bread and cheese all the way. He held it. He d- delivered it. He'd travel <laughs> with it. And I said, you know, the, remember when we preaching on that? That, that. Think about this. The, at the moment David cut Goliath's head off, his hands probably still smelled like bread and cheese. His hands still smelled like his faithfulness My God. in the moment of his greatest victory. Ooh. The small things that you do for the Lord matter. Your small faithful, no one can see it behind closed doors. Nobody's shouting your name from the platform. Your name's not on a bulletin. But things you do in secret. The Bible says that what you do in secret, God rewards openly. Public reward comes from private dedication. Oh, that's so, got to be in the comments section. Put it in the comments. Private dedication brings public reward. David's carrying a blessing for somebody else. Right? <laughs> that's right. But look what God did for David. Absolutely. He had all the cheese he wanted after he became king. He was a servant. He was a servant and was not too proud to be a servant. And that's key. He was led by the Spirit. He was a man after God's own heart. If you'll just take that simple step of being a servant of God, led by the Spirit of God, there's nothing God can't do with you or through you. If he knows he can trust you with any instruction he gives you, nothing he can't do with you, nothing he can't do through you. And so start by being led by God's Spirit. The second thing, we start talking about this, Number two, I want you to write in the comments, not only spirit-led, number one, the second thing that causes you to prosper where you're planted is that you're self-motivated. You're not a self-promoter, 
You're self-motivated, which means you don't have to have somebody over your shoulder always telling you the next thing to do. Will you finish that? Now do this. How come you're not doing anything new? Do this now. Don't waste time. Do that. There's, I can't stand working with people like that. And no boss should ever have to have people like that on staff. A self-motivator is somebody who's looking for problems to solve and going after the work and doing the work. They anticipate the needs of the one that they're helping on their team, working for, whatever. They anticipate them. What will they need? What's going to be next? What can I do to make it easier? I don't, you don't come to your boss with a problem. You come with three solutions, right? You don't come and just report problems to your boss. Well, I just want to let you know, uh, this ain't working anymore. We can't do that anymore. This doesn't. Instead of that, you can report it, but they say a good worker, someone who's promoted is someone who says, Hey, this isn't working anymore. I've found three solutions at three different price points. Here's your options of what you want to do to make the, make the change and make yeah. it better. Now, it's not just your, the one who's above you thinking like, oh, great, now we got stuff that's not working, now we're going backwards. No, a good worker is a self-motivator, provides answers, not, not problems. I provide solutions, I don't report problems. Understand that. I provide solutions, I don't report problems. See, that's, that, that's what takes you higher. You know, if you have to keep prodding somebody to get something done, <laughs> are you really going to promote them? Or even keep them hired. Will you, will you get a promotion if your boss just say, hey, you, you, you're, you're kind of falling behind. You need to pick up the pace a little bit. You know, you need to make sure that you pay more attention to, to, to your projects here. Yeah, you know. I would never hire someone I, like I that. Would, I would rather try to, like, you need to take it easy, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slow it down a little bit. Sure. You know, you're, you're a workaholic. You need to take a day off. I know it. I'd and rather... You might- you might be watching today and you are a workaholic and maybe for years you've been addicted to workahol. But let me tell you something. From this day forward, be spirit-led and self-motivated. God will deliver you from workahol. That's it. You know what I mean? And from whatever, whatever else. Whatever else you're I'm with you. I would rather hire a workaholic than somebody that's a lazy bum. You know why? Laziness is a sin. Yeah. You know how I know? Matthew 25. You wicked and lazy servant. Took everything he had. Cast him into the outer darkness. So I don't know where in America we move from the six and one to the five and two. You know, six and one. It's six and one. Right. Yeah. You'd work six days and you'd rest the Sabbath. Right. Six and one. You work six days. You rest the Sabbath. Somehow we work five days. Yeah. We take a Sabbath. Yeah. And then, you know. Another Sabbath. What do you do for that day? Yeah. Nothing. That's my nothing day. No, no, you got to do something. Um, like I said, I would rather, if you're going to be promoted in this organization here, I'm always looking. I call it the extra mile. I'm looking for extra mile people. Because if you get extra mile people around you, just imagine how much more ground you take when you got people taking extra miles everywhere in your organization. I'm like that. Like, I myself... I'm one of those people that's like, so people know that if they work with me, they know that like, I'm, ne- I never stop going. So like, even if I'm not working, I'm learning how to do new things. Like I will watch tutorials till three in the morning, four in the morning and like literally learn how to do camera whole, lenses, whole, whole new things. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll work to do anything like people that they laugh at me because they say that I know about too many things in that meaning. Like I could carry a conversation with somebody in any department of a church. If you're in the 
you know, you're in the television department, I can talk all that. If you're in the graphics department, I can talk all that. If you're in the music department, I can talk all that. If you're in the, you know, the service department, whatever, I can talk all that. Right. But the reason is because I'm interested in my purpose. I'm actually interested in what I'm called to do. I want to be the best at, at what I do. I don't want to be, I don't want to ever be in the place. I made this decision when I was young, like when I was 25, because I'd see ministers and like, they're like, they're not even old. They're like 50. They're like 55, 60, not even old. And they don't know about stuff. It's like, they have no idea about what, what's going on. And it's like, I don't ever want to get to the place where like, I'm so out of the loop. that like, I, ha- I have to depend on people to tell me what's good and not good. Like, no one should have to be in that place. You carry a phone around with you that's like instant information about anything you want to know about. Literally, instant information. And it's like, if it pertains to your purpose, why do you not know about it? That's the question I always ask. If it pertains to your purpose. Now, you've, you've made comments on here like, you know, like that I'm just this guy that like is extra somehow like just talented in every area. I'm not just like gifted by God to be talented in every area. He's given every one of us the mind of Christ. Every one of us has that. There's not one person in the body of Christ that doesn't have the mind of Christ. You're anointed by the Holy Ghost. He teaches you all things. You have the mind of Christ. There's nothing you can't learn and know. And it's the, the real problem. People don't apply themselves and they're lazy. 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 And they input things into their life yeah. that are just like time wasters yeah. because their their minds get lazy. Their bodies get lazy. Terrible talent. They'd, they'd rather just sit around. Lazy servant. They'd really sit around and do nothing. Like I don't I can't deal with that. And people call that like a driven personality. I'm not driven. I'm as like easygoing and laid back of a person. As you, as you want to meet, like, you, you know, you hang with me. I'm, I'm laid back. I'm not, I'm not always like, we're going to go. I'm, I'm not like one of those people. Like I'm laid back, but at the same time, I mean, I'm not lazy, but I, I, I can't allow myself to just drift into nothingness. I can't even like, like I enjoy vacations, but like I, even in times of rest, I'm advancing. I want you to put that in the comments. Even in times of rest, I'm advancing. Yeah, getting direction. You know, because about- we're spirit led, right? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's rest is ordained by God. But, you know, if you're resting more than God has ordained, then there's a problem. But even in my rest, like, you know who, uh, do you remember Bobby Fisher? You know who Bobby Fisher was? The chess player, the kid chess player that was a prodigy? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Bobby Fisher, he had, this, he had this strategy that even when he's playing chess, even when he retreated a piece, he was still attacking. Oh, yeah. Even in retreat, he would attack. Yeah. And so that's, that's a mindset that, like, even if I'm going to retreat into rest, I'm still advancing. Like, I would never, I, we talked about this yesterday, like, I would never just, like, lay on a beach. Like, if I'm going to lay on a beach, I would lay on a beach and listen to an audiobook, Or lay on a beach and, you know, like, I'm not going to just have nothingness. Like, Nothingness to me is just a total waste. I, that's what I have when I sleep. You know, my mind is shut down. I'm sleeping. Yeah. You know, if I'm not playing with my children, if I'm not, you know, doing something else, I'm not going to just n- not do something. I'm never going to just drive. Like, what a waste of time to just drive. I'm never going to just drive. I'm never going to just walk outside or walk on a treadmill. What a waste of time. That is wasted time. When you're retreating even into your rest, you can be advancing. Uh, we dealt with this about, you know, having something ready to go. So who motivates you? Everything that I come in contact you with. Who motivates you? Well, well, exactly. You have to be a self-motivator. But in, in reality, though, 
Think about this. In reality, I mean, the world may look at it, and we use that term because people understand it, but in reality, you may think like, well, I'm a self-motivator, but really, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit that motivates the believer. Because if you are called and purposed and anointed, then every, we dealt with it as the first point. We are spirit-led. Well, he never stops leading you, never stops guiding you. So the motivation you have actually comes from the direction listening to the Holy Spirit. If I'm spirit led, I will be self-motivated because there'll always be something he's asking me to do. Do you know Lester Summerall came to the end of his life? Every day God gave him something to do. He'd write it in a notebook. He was flying home on a jet, opened that notebook to write the new thing from God for that day. Nothing came. He shut it. He said, well, if that's all God has for me to do, I'll take me home to be with the Lord. Two weeks later, he was dead. Worked his whole life, had something every day, because the Spirit was always leading him, he was always motivated to yeah, do something else. That's right. And when the Spirit stops leading you, right. you've run your race and completed your course. So God's working behind the scenes, trying to help you, give you direction for promotion. And you need to be working on the scene to help carry out the directions for your promotion. And so put me over any department. I'm, I'm already thinking, how am I going to bring increase? God, what are we going to do to bring increase to this department? You know what that is? Ownership. I, I, I think about constantly, what, what do we have to do next, Lord, to, to continue this? I know God doesn't want us to stop growing. We have not arrived. Nope. We will never arrive until the day he comes to be with us. We have, my job is to help get people ready. Lord, what do I have to do right. today to help get these people ready to meet you? That's exactly right. How can we bring promotion and increase to this body today? Right. Who do I got to talk to? What do I got to do? And some things are obvious. You know, you got to correct somebody. You got to do whatever it is. We have to carry it out. Let but I don't you. need somebody to motivate me. You need to get out of bed. Right, you right. really need to get out of bed today. Well, let me ask you a question because you're, you are the leader of this vision at this church. You're the, you're the pastor, the pastor. You're, you're, you're the guy at the, at the top. I mean, the whole Christ had the church put you over this church. What do you do to sell that vision to those on staff and those that are volunteers, and what do you do to try to get them to take ownership of what they're put over or what they're put in? What's the, does your church take any steps in that way to like, hey, we're trying to sell the vision to you, we want you to take, because the moment, because the reason I say this for those of you watching, the moment somebody takes ownership of a yeah. vision, they, they can feel the responsibility to develop the vision. If they're just an onlooker, that's just kind of in it, but that, you know, it's like, well, this, this ain't mine. There's not an engagement. If someone's not, doesn't take ownership, they don't have engagement. So they just kind of like wait for somebody to give them something. Yeah, so um, it's, it's, it's more stewardship. So people have been given responsibilities. I've learned that you can't take ownership away from somebody. I can't come and take your house from you. Right. You know what I mean? Without, right. without a fight, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're going to go at it. You know, I did see Pacific Heights. That was a terrible moment. <laughs> but, but no, we, we, we receive responsibility. We are stewards over the areas that God has given us. I, ha I am personally responsible to the Lord for what happens here. I'm not going to blame anything. And here's what happens. People n never take responsibility, right, because that's something, receiver, you, if you've received the responsibility, you need to take it, those responsibilities seriously. So you're responsible for your responsibilities. And I noticed that a lot of people like to blame, and you could tell really the 
people that are self-motivated, people that are self-motivated, they don't blame other things. They, they take, take the they take responsibility yeah. and they make things better. No question. I take the res- I receive it. I I know what the things I have to do now. Yep. I've made a mistake. Let's not make those same mistakes totally over agree. again. So you you know the first step to being self-motivated is to take responsibility mm-hmm. seriously. That's exactly and right. And so when you do that, then you will start in implementing things that will help manage those responsibilities. Now, you just don't want to be responsible. You also want to be a good steward. Mm -hmm. And so when you take that, and that's why we need to be spirit-led, because everything we do, we do as unto the Lord. That's right. So you're not working for an earthly boss. You're doing that for Jesus. And I tell people that because they have issues with their boss at work or whatever. I said, don't forget I'm not going to do this because he's like that. You can't be like that. You have to make it as though. That every little task that you're doing at your job, you do that thing as if Jesus is the one inspecting your work by the time you're done. And if you're doing it for Jesus, that's what the scripture is saying. When it says do it as unto the Lord, that means as though Jesus is your boss. Jesus is inspecting the work. Jesus is always looking on at you doing, are they faithful? Are they a steward? And if you'll do it that way, you will have the highest excellence rating on your job. You know, I don't, I don't have people. I, I bring people into my life to help me accomplish all that because you think about this. We are smarter than me. I have a resource because of the relationship. You know what I mean? I can tap into the knowledge that you have sure. because of the relation. Relationship gives you access. Right. Access to what? Information. Yep. Strength. Resource. Mm-hmm. Strength. Partnership. And so people, you, they, they're not... So reaching the, out. What's that quote? All of us is smarter than one of us. That's right. Right. That's right. All of us is smarter than one of us. And so, you know, I don't have anybody forcing me to, to join a coach in networks. I don't have anybody forcing me to call pastors and get advice. I don't have anybody forcing me to help get direction. I don't have anybody forcing me to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody forcing me to read my Bible. Right. I have to do that on my own. Absolutely. I have to study to show myself approved as a workman yeah. under God. Amen. Why? Because I'm not going to stand before any of those people the day of judgment. I'm going to stand before the Lord, and I'm going to have to give an account for everything that I did and also everything that he gave me right. as a steward. Right. And so when people move from ownership to stewardship, say, hey, that's not your stuff. You can't do whatever you want to do with that. You have to do what the spirit, that's why it's important to be spirit led, because the spirit is the owner. We are the, you know, the servants. And so, but you, you take, I don't understand what we were saying. We're taking ownership of our stewardship responsibility. Yeah. And so when you take it seriously, you'll start making some dramatic impacts. We can look in any organization. I can walk into any organization. I can tell you the, 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 you know, the producers and the earners from people that, that aren't really contributing much. Yeah, for sure you can see you that. You know, you can see it in their ads. Why do, why do we want to be spirit-led? Because we carry the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Harmony, you know what I mean? Peace, joy, love, you can all see, of those things. You can things. see it even in the small, little small things like there's people that show up at 9.05 and leave at 4.55. 3 o'clock, that, gone. That's, you can tell that. Like, that's a person, a person that shows up at 9.05 and leaves at 4.55. It's a person not invested. It's a person that doesn't care about the vision that they're working in. It's just, it's just little things like that. They're small, uh, small little things that those that are in, in charge, those that are leaders, visionaries, they can see that instantly. They know when someone's invested. They know when somebody's just kind of 
the, the sad thing about our generation is that most people are doing enough not to get fired. That's where do as at. little as we can. Just do as, as much as we can to not get fired. And not have somebody talk to us. That's really the danger. That's, is that self-motivation? I, that's why I really prefer, like, I think that's the danger of, like, an hourly wage. Like, I, that's why I like commissions and bonuses. <laughs> because it gives you an incentive to work. That's what we do. We reward what we want repeated. Right. Uh, I got staff that's a great here today. Thing. Do you get rewarded for, you know, what we, oh, yeah. I want you to write that in the comments. I love that reward what you want repeated. I love that phrase. And you defund dysfunction. That's good. <laughs> My man. I like that. <laughs> Stealing. Reward what you want repeated and defund Planned Parenthood. I mean, defund, defund <laughs> what brings dysfunction. I agree totally. I agree totally. Where you take fuel away from something, it stops burning. So if you see something that's dysfunctional, stop putting any resources in oh, it. Oh, you hit them where it, you hit them where it counts. Totally. You know? And that's why, you know, it's sad. Money's not always the, the key motivator because people are motivated by different stuff. But we need to be self-motivated, right? And so when you, here, this, this will be the biggest reward if people could understand when you motivate yourself, God rewards you. Yeah. When you do it as under the Lord, earthly promotions are good. I work hard. So if someone says, if you get this done, the first person to get this done will receive a $100 gift card. I'm on it. You know, they're giving stuff away. I want it. And yeah. so if you could do something to get something, that's great. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Think about that thing. Uh, think about that method, though. So if you do it as under the Lord and you do it well, he is a rewarder yeah. of those who diligently seek him. Right. But also those who diligently serve him. That's right. You will never serve the Lord and not get rewarded. No, that's that's exactly right. The ultimate promotion is we make it to heaven. Right. And, and I love that. Not only does he give us ultimate promotion, he gives us promotions along the way, blessings along the way. So how do you how do you keep yourself motivated? I reward myself to get stuff done. That's good. How do I do that? Candy bars. I, when I was working out, I would just put a piece of chocolate <laughs> and you get rewarded instantly. I learned this from, you know, like uh, listening and learning from somebody else that, you know, I, I was doing much better about working out. I get the workout done quicker because I wanted the uh, chocolate. How'd you get off workahol? I just moved away from it. <laughs> workahol sounds like a disinfectant. It does, it? I sprayed some workahol on it. It was, it was good. We took this average employee, put a little workahol on him. <laughs> All of our employees, we lined them up, just hosed them down with workahol. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I want to move on because, like, you've got spirit led, you've got self motivated, but here's what I really like too. Is and the Baptists are going to love this too. Service oriented. The S's. <laughs> Think about that. My cousin Preston always texts me after I put something out with like all the same letter. Yeah. He's like, "Did you realize that all had the same letter? That's amazing." <laughs> like it wasn't planned. But think about service oriented. I like what you what you said. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to serve. He was the suffering servant. That's how Isaiah saw him. The suffering servant. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, what did he tell his disciples? The greatest among you will be the one that serves. Yeah, it's weird in the kingdom to go up. You got to go, go down. down. Mm -hmm. Take, to have, you got to give. 
There's a lot of different things we see that look It's opposite. a counterculture. Yeah, it absolutely is. And so the greatest among, among you must be your servant. If you want to know the truth about it, it's funny to me that like there's guys in the world that aren't even saved that get this principle and Christians don't get it. I was, I was watching Gary Vaynerchuk the other day. You know Gary V? You ever seen him online? No. He's I like a marketing genius. He curses like a sailor, but he's a marketing genius. And, and I was watching him. You know what he said? He's a sinner. F-bomb Frank. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> dropping bombs. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a sinner. You know what he said? He said, anytime I enter into a relationship with somebody, like, you know, we become friends or I'm a working relationship with you, he said, I make up my mind to always give 51% of the value in any relationship. I give more than you give in this relationship. Just think about how <laughs> good a relationship would be if two people would try to outserve each other. That's what I mean. That's what he's saying. Like, he said, I want to help you far more than you help me. I want to be the one providing value to your life. Like, I don't want to be taken from you all the time and then you don't get anything from me. I'll provide more value than you do. Good leaders add value to others. And that's the key. Because when you do that, if you're service-oriented, like, let me tell you, not only will it bring you into a place where people want to work with you, which is massive. I don't want anybody. Got to have this guy on my team. Yeah. Dude, like I can't. One of the things that bugs me is people that have such a hard time working with people. It's like, bro, if you've got a hard time with working with people, most likely there's something wrong with you. Because if you are operating, like forget, let's just the basics. Fruit of the spirit aside, like fruit of the spirit, the personality traits of Jesus Christ, those alone will make you a magnet for people. Yeah. They'll yeah. make you a magnet for that's, people. That's right, because you're not bringing dissension, discord, disunity, right. all these things onto the team. You know, you're not bringing dysfunction. You know right. what I mean? You're not dissing the organization. I mean, think of, think about it. Whatever dish you got in front of your situation is a miss. Break it down slowly. Love. If you just walk in love with people. Yeah. Joy. Don't be a, an emotional roller coaster. Get control of your emotions. I wish I could say this louder than I'm actually saying it now. To every person watching me in the body, <laughs> get control of your emotions. Yeah. I don't care if you're a man don't or a woman. Don't let them control you. I wish I could just scream this in love, in the face of so many Christians. Get control of your emotions. Why are we walking on eggshells around you? Why are you sad half the day? Why are you sad half the week? Get control of your emotions. Love, joy, peace. Walk in peace. Be a peacemaker. I'm not trying to instigate. Not a peacetaker. I'm, 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 I'm diffusing. Blessed are the peacemakers. peacemakers. They not, shall inherit the earth. I'm not trying to instigate problems in the, with my team and issues. Did you hear what she said about you? I don't think she likes your work. I'm not trying to instigate. Peacemaker. Not a peacetaker. I'm trying to be a peacemaker. Love, joy, peace. Patience. You know what the Bible says in New Living? Make room for one another's faults. Consider others better than yourselves. You know what Dave Ramsey teaches when he's teaching you budgeting, the first thing on the baby steps? Do you know what they are? First thing is, have a $1,000 emergency fund. Yeah. You know why? Yeah, the oh no fund. You know, because there will always be oh, something. Oh no. He Got said, just right plan there. for the yeah. fact that a, a tire is going to blow. The AC may go out. Whatever it might be. But you're not freaking out because you've already got a buffer That's it. of $1,000. Let me tell you, do the same thing in relationships. Get yourself a buffer to know this person's human. They're going to make a mistake. Yeah. I've got a buffer here yeah. called patience. Make room. Here's the room yep. for one another's faults. Yep. So when they make a fault, yep. it's not a problem. I've got, I've got an expectation that people are human. They're going to have a, a day where their flesh maybe takes over. I've got a buffer here yep. called patience. 
making room for one another's faults. That'll give us strength for their stretch. Yeah. Because people sometimes get stretched, but also it gives them innovation is actually it, it mistakes are a platform for innovation. And so you can actually grow from your mistakes. Don't let them don't let them destroy you. What did let the, them deploy Maxwell, you? Maxwell called it failing forward. Yep. Failing forward. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. A soft answer turns away, turns wrath. away wrath. Operate with gentleness with people. Be gentle. Kind. Don't 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 come into somebody and be harsh. Come in on somebody like blowing them up. You know, gentleness, kindness. How hard is this? Be just be kind. Just be kind to people on your job. Be kind to people on your team. Kind is not treat rude. Them, treat them with kindness. Kind doesn't talk behind their back. Yeah, be kind. Just be kind. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness. Is not weakness. Meekness is humility, by the way. Because you're not an arrogant punk. Strength under control. Yeah, that's good. I say that often. Meekness is not weakness. You think because I'm meek that I'm weak? No. You know what meekness is? Strength under control. Strength under control. I'm not prideful. I'm not going to be an arrogant punk. I'm going to be, I'm going to be meek. But we know that we will take you out. Humble, yes. Humble. Meekness. Faithfulness. King James says faith, but faithfulness. Yeah, full of faith. I mean, I'm going to be, you can't stop my servant. I'm faithful, man. Mm. Every time the doors are open, I'm here. Serving. Every service. There's some people you never see them in church. I'm a member of Crossroads. Oh, yeah, we ain't seen you in three months. Where you been? Well, I'm busy. I have a job. I get tired. I work. I work hard and I'm tired. Grow up. Put your big boy pants on and get to the house of God. But then when they get in trouble, we're the first people exactly. they call. Can I need, you, I need prayer. Us, you know what I mean? I need prayer. Get in the house of God. If you're going to make a withdrawal, you've got to have some deposits, friend. Let me tell you something. If, if a man is a man, a woman is a woman, mature, they don't, they don't use the excuse, I'm too tired. I'm too tired. Really? How? Let me ask you a question. How much energy does it take to get into a car and sit in a seat for two hours? Does that take a lot of energy out of you? I'm too tired. Put your big boy pants on. Take, take your little Superman undies off. Get your big boy pants on. Get in the car and come to church and sit in a seat for two hours. Doesn't take energy to do that, genius. Faithfulness. God rewards faithfulness. Faithfulness. That's what it means. Does a Christian go to church? If they don't, they're in violation of the word of God. Hebrews 10, 25. Don't be be neglecting the gathering. And then finally, self-control, temperance. You control yourself. I think that's the most important of the nine because without it, you'll never do any of the other eight because it takes self-control to walk in love when you don't feel like it, to have joy when you don't feel like it, to be in peace when you don't feel like it. You gotta be controlled. Yeah, to not kill somebody when you feel like taking them out. Exactly right. Self-control. If you just did these, just did these. Think about how these nine things would affect your teammates, coworkers. You'd be a magnet for it people. It just loops right back to being spirit-led. Yeah, it does. You know, you're spirit-led when you're exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. No question. Because, see, they're not. Here's what people get wrong about the fruit of the spirit. They think it's, it's just something we do out of our flesh. We preach that and be like, that's a self-help gospel. No, because no spirit. one can do it without the help of the Holy Ghost. They're the fruit 
of the Spirit. It's the evidence. They're not the fruit of the flesh. They're the fruit of, he lists what the fruit of the flesh are. It's not that. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Without Him, you have no fruit. What are we going to be judged on when we get to heaven? We're going to be judged on those things. What How did, did you, you love my brothers? Yep. You know what I mean? That's right. How did you serve my brothers? And so service-oriented, if and that's what we just, are. And just let me ahead. tell you something. You're not going to be able to make an excuse. We will be not without God. We will be without excuse. Absolutely. Well, I mean, think about this. If we are truly service-oriented, how can I best serve? You know, it blows my mind. I was doing some study the other day on like building, you know, how, how people build successful YouTube channels, even. Blows my mind that, you know what they tell you? If you want to have a successfully quick growing YouTube channel, that you have to serve your viewing community. You have to serve them. So you know the ones that, that grow the fastest? It's not like, imagine these two things. Um, you narrow your niche down of who you're going to serve, right? So I'm, I'm not just going to do a YouTube channel for pregnant mothers, expecting mothers. No, you get more narrow than that. You go all the way down to something as narrow. You think, well, nobody's going to watch that. That's too narrow of a topic. No, it's not. It's a specific thing I'm serving. So for example, you go from like, I'm going to do a YouTube channel for expecting mothers. No, I'm going to go all the way down to um, best diets and recipes for expecting mothers. That seems super narrow. That seems extremely <laughs> narrow. But you know what they say? You'll actually have a much larger viewing audience. Why? You're serving a very specific type of people and you're fulfilling a very specific need. And there's people that are looking just for that thing. You'll be the one serving all the content because you are a servant of your viewing audience. This is, people don't understand that this is a key. Huge. To increase in promotion in any organization. Mm -hmm. People that know how to serve, people that have a good attitude, yep. people that go the extra mile, people that are self-motivated, those three things alone will make you go. You'll sprout up like a spring yep. and, and shoot up like a sprout. And we, I, I noticed those things right off the bat. Uh, take Kate, for example. Caitlin, she came in here. She, just, she was so happy to be here, and she just jumped on every... She, the serve teams were fighting over her, fighting. Oh, we got, then they're like, literally, why? There's, there's hundreds of volunteers, and they're fighting over one girl. Why? Service. She knew how to serve. She had a great attitude. She had all of those components. And now she is our service manager here at Crossroads Community Church. And imagine like how she's gonna expand, like what she'll be able to do when she gets saved. Her and her husband became volunteers. Of, I know, huh? Imagine that, right? I'm praying tonight she comes to the altar. Yeah, yeah. she's spirit led. Yeah, okay? she is. She now came she is. here by way of the spirit. Yep. She serves here by way of the spirit. Yep. She's full of the spirit of God and it's evident awesome. in every area of, our li of her life. You could tell who's plugged in and tuned up. You can always tell. Like a, like a, like a high-performance vehicle. <laughs> I agree. You know, if Kaylin was a vehicle, she'd probably be what kind of a vehicle? A Lamborghini. She would be a Lamborghini? Yeah. Or if she wasn't a Lamborghini, I think maybe she'd be the Tesla Cybertruck. Oh, okay. 
That's a Should new, be the Raptor. We're going to do an uh, F-150 Raptor? An F-150 Raptor. We're doing a new segment on the broadcast, comparing people with cars. What kind of a vehicle are you? I'm a 1968 Camaro Super Sport convertible. Yeah? Yeah. That's because I don't have any hair. Yeah? That's my dream car. What kind of car do you think I'd be? A Pinto. A 72 <laughs> Pinto or a 74? <laughs> just kidding. No, what, what was the... What Exploding was the, trunk? What was the car that had the... Uh, it, it was a car that had like a truck bed. What was that in the 70s? Oh, what um, was that car that Oh, had, no, uh, El Camino? An El Camino. Hey, right here, come on. <laughs> With a New 454 segment. in it. Ooh, I'm bored not, out. I'm not an El Camino. What kind of vehicle would I be? I think I'd drive the kind of vehicle I'd be. I think I'd be like a Cadillac. Cadillac? Ferrari. Mm. Man, Pam, mm. Pam, mm. Pam, you're gonna have to go back and watch this, Pam. Pam, I'm telling you. So, Pamela. So, so think about that service. How many want to go up in their organization? I'm actually at the top of my organization. There's no one above me. It's true. Christ. <laughs> no, I've but been, you, but well, you, Carolyn. I've been asking Carolyn for a promotion for the last three months. <laughs> she won't give me one. Yes, sir, brother. <laughs> um, but, you know, think about this. If you want leadership responsibilities, serve the leader. That's right. You know, when you, when you are available for service, you're full of the spirit, you're a self-motivator, like you're just around and you're just that extra mile person, you're the first person the promotion's going to come to. As a leader of an organization, I'm given... The, the, the promotion, I'm given the job. I hire right out of our serve team pool. Mm -hmm. You know, money follows ministry. We don't look to put people in ministry. We just are, are, are identifying the ministry in people. Yep. And then we fund and we reward what we want report, re repeated. Caitlin, have you ever got a, a, a blessing? Because you never muzzle the ox while, while it's treading, treading grain. grain. And, well, it's and to be producing. clear, Caitlin's not an ox, but that's right. You know, that's the scripture. We're just that's using it. the scripture. That's right. She, she's a cyber truck. But so if we're a, a, an animal, what kind of? <laughs> yeah. But let me let me say this because you make a great point. Before we pray, I want I do want to say this. Look at the life of Elijah and Elisha. The only reason this is in the new book, Further Faster. If you haven't got it, the only reason, although Elijah had tons of understudies, right? He was a master prophet. The sons of the prophets came to him and he taught them, but they didn't get his mantle. Only one guy got his mantle, Elisha. The reason for that, service. Elisha served Elisha and said, I will not yeah. leave you. No, I got to stay here. I got to go to another city. Try to leave him all over the yep. place. Try to leave Tried him at three Bethel. Times. Try to leave him at Gilgal. Jekyll. Oh, Gilgal, everywhere. And, and the Jordan River, he said, I got to cross the I will not leave you. And you know what's awesome? His blessing and his promotion came in front of the school of all the other prophets. That's right. They watched they came what out. Elijah got. Yes, they did. They saw him come back Ooh, across the I Jordan. And from far away, they said, surely the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. They could see it from far away. Well, how did he get it? Service. Listen, he served him. Get this, right? There's a lot of people that think they deserve certain things. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But think about the word deserve. It's de-serve. Wow. It becomes more inward focused instead of an outward 
blessing. You want to go up in an organization, you have to learn how to serve that organization. Not for your purpose, but to, to, to bless that organization. Mm-hmm. And as soon as a, the owner or the leader or the service, whoever you're working for, when they realize that you are for them and you are for the company, they will be for you That's and good. the company will be for you. Yeah. And you do that through service. You do that through, through self-motivation. You do that by being spirit-led. But what are you serving? You're serving whatever you're doing or whoever you're serving. You do it as under the Lord. Mm-hmm. And what you are doing is you are serving God as you serve them. And the minute you think that you deserve anything from them, is the minute you deserve them because then it becomes about you and not about them or not about the, about the Lord. And so, you know, I, I know that God's going to bless me. Do I deserve it? I don't know, maybe. But I, I, I'm not focused on what I can get from God. Right. I'm focused on what I can give and bring well, to you, God. You make a great point because in our generation, we have an entitlement mentality. Yes, that's a major problem. Everybody in this generation, Serve you talk about millennials, me. Gen Y, Gen I Z. I deserve this. Entitlement. I should just be given it because of who I am. I deserve this. That's not God's system. Deserve. God does not do that. The Bible actually speaks of the fact if you don't work, you don't eat. There is a, uh, in covenant, if you're talking about covenant, it is an action and reaction in covenant. There's two parts to covenant. If you do this, I'll do this. If you'll obey my commands, I'll set you high above all the nations of the earth. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It, there's always two parts. There's your part and God's part. And if you're not willing to do what you're responsible to do according to the word, he's not required to bless you in that way. It's not an entitlement mentality. It is sowing and reaping. Serving is just sowing. And I want you to put that in the comments. What's that? Luke, Serving is, that is Luke, just sowing. Luke, Luke 13. Let's, let's listen to this. This, this. this hopefully will set somebody free here today. What, what, what was section are you looking for? Talks about the servant out in the field working and comes in. And, you know, and, you know thinking that they're going to eat with the master. And no, you're going to go prepare the food. And they don't even expect to thank you for it because that's your job <laughs> right well it always blows my mind when people are like you know i do i do all of this and nobody even gave me a thank you it's like bro your paycheck is the thank you <laughs> like you realize you're not working for thank yous you're working for a paycheck when they cut you that check that's the company saying thank you for your work it like it blows my mind it's an entitlement mentality and so you have to break that You've got to break that mindset if you're going to be blessed. If you're going to increase, if you're going to prosper, it has to be through being spirit-led, self-motivated, and you have got to be service-oriented. Who am I serving? Who am I helping? Who am I sowing into? Who am I, who am I pushing into their purpose? There's, people, there's stuff I've done for people that I don't even talk about. I do it behind the scenes. The reason I don't talk about it, I don't want people to know that I do it because then people start asking. Everybody's going to start it. I don't want to do it for everybody, but the Lord will lead me. He'll say, help this person. Help them push their purpose. Put, do this for this person. And I'm happy to do it. We've got the resources to do it. But understand something. And I've said this in broadcast before, and then we're going to pray for you. Three things you got to have. You need to have people over you that are pouring into you. You need to have people beside you that's like your fellowship, that's your peers. Then you need to have people under you that you're pouring into. 
you don't have those three relationships, you'll become frustrated. Someone needs to be pouring into you, somebody needs to be fellowshipping with you, and there needs to be somebody that's receiving from you. If you don't have those three things, it hurts you because every one of those things is needed scripturally. We're to have mentors, spiritual fathers. We're to have those that are in fellowship with us and those that we are imparting to or pouring into. And if you don't have them, you'll find yourself. You'll have all this uh, resource with nobody to pour into. You'll have these relationships with nobody to fellowship with. Or you'll have someone to fellowship with, someone to pour into, but you run out of content. You run out of virtue because nobody's pouring into you. You have to have all three if you're going to see God bless you. But I want to pray for you today because there's people that are watching. You've actually been believing God for promotion and increase. You've been believing God to take you higher. Our confession, final three months of this year are going to be filled with violent increase and expedited favor for the faithful people of God. And so here's what I want to pray today. I want to pray that God would open up doors so swiftly for you in these next three months. As I preached the other night in 2 Samuel 6, Obed-Edom's entire household was blessed abundantly in a matter of three months because the anointing of God was in his house. I want to pray that as you put these things into practice, God would open the doors for you and supernatural promotion, which can only come from the Lord, would come upon your life and your family. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for every man, every woman, watching and listening. I ask you now by the power of your spirit that you would open doors that no man can shut, that you would shut doors that no man or devil can open. And I pray that your hand of blessing would come upon your people. Let these next three months be such violent increase. Let us see such expedited favor. It would blow the minds of natural men in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray that you would let them see explosive growth before 2021 in Jesus' name. Lord, give us the strength to overcome the soul, the flesh, put it in submission, and be led by the mighty Holy Spirit. We thank you for your wonderful anointing and your power. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody shout amen. Throw some fire in the comment section. And let me ask you to do this. We're believing. Now we've got, I'm getting ready to go home from here. We're starting to feel, we've got a brand new Miracle Word U course coming out on divine prosperity uh, by November. But we're getting ready to go on television around the world. And what we've asked the Lord to do is to connect us with people that would stand with us in partnership as we're getting ready to take the largest steps to bless the world that we've ever taken. Last week, I was in uh, a meeting with one of our friends, ministry partners, that's got open doors where we can touch over 150 nations of the world with the gospel every week. That's on top of what we're about to do in phase one and phase two, which is gonna be over 80 million homes, phase two, adding 40 million more people, and in phase three, touching 150 million nations of the world. So what we're doing is stepping out by faith before Jesus comes to preach this gospel and to see souls saved. Would you be a part of that? If you're willing to stand with us and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, on your screen, you'll see the instructions. You can go to miracleword.com and click on the give page. There's many ways to give. You can use the website and fill out the form there and sow and set up a monthly seed. Or you can use Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Or if you're in the comments like Todd, Janine, Kyle, Coolbaugh did, hashtag donate. And if you're on Periscope, Twitter, or Facebook, you can do that. And thank you. And thank you for sowing. 
And we want to say thank you to every person that's standing with us in partnership. It means a lot. Maybe you're watching today and maybe you have your own business, your own ministry, whatever. Or maybe personally, the Lord is speaking to you to so largely. Let me encourage you. Take that step of faith. There's people God speaking to you to sow $10,000, $20,000. Somebody's God speaking to you, sow $50,000 from your corporation. Do it. Do it by faith to touch the world. Fund the gospel. Before Jesus comes back. And we're believing God. He's connecting us with people. I told you when we signed the documents on our new building, nobody knew we were doing it. God spoke to one partner, sowed one check, paid the building for the entire year. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, more of you, God's speaking to you to do things like that. Step out by faith and obey the Lord. Maybe you've never sown a $10,000 seed in your life. God's speaking to you now to do it. Maybe you've never sown 50,000. Now's the time to do it. Maybe your company has never written a check to a ministry for $100,000. Do it. Let the Lord speak to you and watch the lives that are changed because of your faithfulness. And we say a big thank you this month to everybody that's sowing $85 or more. We're sending this book by Dr. Lester Sumrall, Adventuring with Christ, exciting stories of his ministry as God used him all over the world. It's better than reading a novel. It's true, but it's amazing the things God used him to do. This is our gift for you in the month of October. If you'd like to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, fill out the form, let us know how you sowed and uh, give us your address so we can ship it to you. You'll be blessed by it. I want to say a big thank you to my friend, Pastor Brian Tomes, mighty man of God, mighty preacher of the gospel, great pastor. I love this church. You've done a phenomenal job. Crossroads Community Church, my opinion, greatest church in New England. God's using this church to bring revival to a place where they said revival can't happen. And it's happening right here in Fitchburg, Mass. Fire. People are on fire. On fire. God used him. If you missed yesterday's broadcast, go back and watch. God took him from, uh, what, about 35, 40 people to now you were having over 700 in regular attendance to the church. I mean, it's amazing. God, not on a special event, regular attendance. God did it. We're sitting in a miracle building right now. We're going to expand. He's got other things happening. I mean, like, it's amazing. I want to leak, but I can't leak. I I almost did. I mean, God's doing things. God's using this vision. And New England's going to see a mighty revival in Jesus' name. And he's using men like this to do it. And I thank God for Crossroads Community Church. We're here two more nights. Tonight, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Don't miss it. If you can't by any means get here to the building, watch online. Periscope, Facebook, YouTube. You can catch the service. Tonight at 7, I'm going to be preaching, and uh, it's going to be powerful. I'm looking forward to it. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Thank you to you, my man. Brother, love you. That's it. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 7 and tomorrow morning, 1030, with Carolyn. Love you guys. Have a great one. Go Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.